Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, Caffeinator. Welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe. Uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> um, but big announcement, um, we are now serving pumpkin spice lattes again this season for the Liz Houstons of the world. Oh, boy. Um, of course, limited time only while supplies last because Dave's probably going to drink them all. Oh, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we'd like to thank all of our caffeinators for their continued support of our podcast. Um, we've had a lot of uh, merchandise orders recently. We really, really appreciate all the support. Dave and I are going to be at IVEX um, in a couple of weeks here, actually, from when this uploads, I think, that week, right, Dave? Yeah, this will upload on the 3rd, uh, and, and I'm yeah, getting there on we'll the 4th, so, yeah. Yeah, I'll get there on the 6th. So um, if you see us there, we're going to have some swag and stuff for you. Please come by, um, say hi to Dave, and make him engage you in conversation. He loves that. Yeah, that's my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're also going to be doing a recording while we're there and some fun stuff planned, so uh, stay tuned um, to all of that. Um, if you're new to the Vet Tech Cafe, head over to vettechcafe.com. All of our info is there, why we do this, who we are, all of that. Um, and again, thank you for your support. Dave, how's it going out there? Uh, it's good. It, it is it is a very busy time for me. I, I had some time off, uh, like in July and August. I didn't work a whole lot, um, just, you know, working on lectures and things like that. And now starting in with uh, um, a lot of consulting and I, I did a recovery session this week. Uh, I'm heading back to New Hampshire on Friday because we have our fantasy football draft. So I'm, I'm heading up for that. And then I come back and I do more recovery training and then, then I leave for IVAC. So I've got a very busy, Ooh, that's uh, a busy week schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but things are good here. How are things out there? How was your storm? You, you, you nerded out on your, on good. Your uh, yeah, I did. Um, so, uh, I'm here in Southern California and we, we had what was, basically just the remnants of tropical storm Hillary by the time it got to me it was pretty mild here for us thankfully um good amount of rain which which for us in August our annual rainfall is 0. 0.00 <laughs> inches so for us to get two or three inches of rain in a day is is a big deal um but it was really mild here a, a decent amount of wind but about an hour from where I am is is the deserts and palm springs and that and they got hit pretty hard and had a lot of flooding and and what have you but I think it certainly could have been a lot worse yeah. and, and thankfully, um, you know, it wasn't too bad here. So, but yes, I, I, I could barely sit still. I was so excited. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it just, so it goes, if I wasn't in this field, I'd be a meteorologist. So here we are. <laughs> so, um, well, we've got an awesome, awesome yeah, episode we're excited today. About this. I, I'm really, really excited. Um, so we have Steven Satal coming back to the Vet Tech Cafe. You guys know him very well. He's been on um, a couple of times. And we also have his business partner, Dr. Journey, um, on with us today as well. We have a, a four-person episode today, which is pretty rare for us. Um, and since we haven't interviewed um, Dr. Journey before, I'll kind of read her bio as well. She's originally from Atlanta, Georgia, graduated summa cum laude from University of Georgia College of Vet Med in 2005, and then after vet school, completed an internship at BCA Specialty Center of Seattle, and then her neurology residency at UPenn, and then was awarded her neurology diplomate uh, status in 2009 and her advanced neurosurgery certificate in 2011. 
Um, while at UPenn, she found her love for teaching and excelled making uh, the often unloved doctrine of neurology. I can attest to that. Neuro is <laughs> well documented to be my least favorite oh, uh, Jeff, discussion in patients. You very, you very well may, and frankly, I hope you do. <laughs> um, but making it both understandable and practical for her students. Um, she's an uh, enthusiastic clinician. She enjoys all of neurology, neurosurgical procedures, uh, and then currently lives in San Francisco. Um, in her spare time, she's a founding board member and current president of Not One More Vet. We're going to talk about that today as well. The largest wellness-focused charity for veterinary professionals in the world, um, in addition to being a sculptor, amateur, blacksmith, and adventurous cook. So Dang. thank you both for very much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe. I know it's evening time on the West Coast here, but can we get you any sort of caffeinated beverage of choice or something else to drink? I mean, you know, I love a decaf this time of night, so uh, I'm an insomniac, so so no caffeine after three, but I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, and so we're we're just going to kind of jump right in here. And Stephen, we wanted to start with you. So you recently posted um, an op-ed um, titled AVMA, The Ultimate Gatekeepers and Their Disdain for Veterinary Technician Advancement. Um, so I know there's... Stephen. I know. Oh, I love it. Um, I, and I think a lot of us know, you know, have some idea, at least the impetus or the things going on that kind of led to this. But I'm curious from your perspective, like describe some of the background and, and what led you to say, hey, I'm just I'm writing this and I'm putting this out there. Yeah. So if you remember, I did a similar uh article, blog, whatever we want to call it, uh, called AVMA's Two Faces. <laughs> not not too long before this. And what really triggered me was the really poorly written article that came out during the AVMA conference, that meeting and that vote to not support uh, advancement of veterinary technicians uh, was, was before AVMA meeting. So that's important context, I guess. But that article really triggered me to kind of push back. I had planned to push back anyway, because uh, that's just, you know, who I am. <laughs> uh, but then I was really proud of our our BTS colleagues and the IM group uh, mm -hmm. that wrote an open letter also, uh, kind of sharing their frustration and um, disappointment. Uh, so, I mean, a large portion of that, the op-ed that I wrote was the the letter that the uh, Internal Medicine Academy wrote. And then I just kind of added my thoughts and some some details uh, that I was aware of on top of that. Um, and really, you know, I, I think it's important for us to clarify. I listened to your tap room. Uh, so thank you for, for chatting about it there. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to clarify. We kind of have like two buckets going on right now that are very similar. And I, I put it at the beginning of the article, there's this mid-level practitioner discussion, and then there's like increased scope of practice, which in most states is not necessarily an increased scope of practice, but a change in supervision from the veterinarian uh, for VTSs in particular. So, you know, without trying to hit too much on the, the mid-level practitioner part, I really wanted to hit back with the... Um, lack of support for or for allowing veterinary attention specialists to do a little bit more in practice. And and so I mean Stephen your your middle name should be subtlety the the <laughs> the <laughs> That's what we call them around the hospital. Yeah, I mean, and in the just reading through it, it was just very impactful in in understanding the the frustration that we have in, in this field on on the the support. You know, we talk about support, and there are doctors out there you know, present company included that, that do have our backs and do support us. Mm -hmm. um, so Dr. Journey, from your perspective as not just a DVM, but as a neurology diplomat, what are your thoughts on the AVMA and their stance there? And, and I'm not trying to get you uh, to, to speak out and get yourself in trouble, but what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I, I'm not, I'm not so shy either. I mean, can't be business <laughs> partners with Seaman and be shy, right? And, and I've, I've reached out to some people at AVMA and have this conversation directly. So I, I think it's fair to share my unfiltered thoughts. I mean, I think we as a profession uh, do poorly by our technicians. We don't protect their scope of practice as is. And I, I think, you know, as I look at veterinary opinions across the board and, you know, I listen to the daily woes of 35,000 veterinarians every day. So I, I, I hear a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I mm -hmm. ask them about this, this particular uh, 
statement by the ABMA, particularly, I, I hear some thoughtful things. I hear the supportive doctors say, hey, I think we need to protect their license. I think we need to do better for them before we're ready for forward motion. I applaud them. I think they're in a thoughtful place. I think that we can do more than that. I have had the pleasure of working with technicians like Stephen, technicians like my technician, Evelyn, who's been my neurology technician since 2009. Um, I have the privilege of working with technicians who are uh, exceptional. You know, and I don't know that many veterinarians have had the pleasure of working with a BTS. And so they see these bills and they don't understand, you know, that Evelyn is better at neurology than they are. Easy, easy. Yeah. Right. She's many days better at neurology than I am. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, my opinion is it is past time. It is past time to expand the career path of technicians. It is past time to give technicians the respect that they deserve. And we are hindering ourselves as a profession as, as we put roadblocks in the way. And what I saw from that AVMA statement was just a slamming of the door, just a slamming of the door. And, and I think that when you slam the door on progress, when you stop conversation, you do harm, you know, you, you do harm to thoughtful discourse and that's what we need. I think the things that we're talking about, expanding scopes of practice, these things are complicated and the devil is very much in the details, right? 100%. But if your stance is, we will vigorously defend against this at all costs. Well, great. That sounds like a great opener to a thoughtful conversation. <laughs> like, you know, like where, where do you go from there? Um, so yeah, I mean, I called up some people at the AVMA who, who had thoughtful conversations. I'll give them credit for that and said, you really stuck your whole foot in your mouth here. Like this is not the way to go about this, especially after the last thing we had, you know, that kind of stirred the buzz about technicians where someone that was a diplomat, not a, a not a diplomat, yeah. a delegate. Thank you. Yeah. That other G word and another one as well. Uh, you know, technicians animals, for God's sake. I mean, comparing yeah. them to camel, come on. Like this is a bad look. It's a bad look It in the best possible light. It is a communications blunder by the AVMA. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of one of those things of like, you, you've shown us what you think several times. Eventually we're going to believe you, you know, like you, you can't keep doing this to technicians and then, you know, turn the other cheek and say, Oh, but we love our technicians. We support them. Like, how do you support them? Stop it. Right. Like, yeah. Real. Yeah. And I think you make an excellent point there that, you know, I think we've been in this field long enough that we certainly, Dave, I know you have, I have too, have worked with veterinarians who graduated vet school before BTS was ever a thing. And, and so you're absolutely right in that they probably, they have no concept of what it takes to become a BTS or what that scope of, you know, their, their knowledge or skill set is. And I do get some of that. And so I, I'm, my overarching hope is that the more, the younger the average age of veterinarians becomes, the more that are coming through school and working with those in school, that will hopefully help slowly change. But I think the the missed opportunity for the AVMA is for them to actually, if they truly support technicians and wanted to further this, they would be educating their own members about who we are and what we do. And they would be the ones easing the fears instead of us having to do so. Um, Stephen, I'm curious, you know, I, I know you mentioned the AIMVT. I, I saw a lot of, you know, shares and such of your article. I, we certainly did. I'm curious if you've had any response from anybody, you know, at AVMA or any discussions kind of after the fact about it or, you know, anything has come of it. Yeah. Um, with, uh, Carrie's help, <laughs> which is, which is part of, which is part of this problem, right? Like, ABMA was like, Carrie, why are you sharing this? Why are you upset? Why don't you talk to the technicians? Like, <laughs> this is part of the problem. My God. So I, I did talk with ABMA. I thought it was a very good conversation. Um, I don't think they would put any of the things that they said to me over the phone in writing because <laughs> it would defeat the whole article that they put out. Um, but overwhelmingly, I've had really positive support and I've had a lot of veterinarians coming to bat uh, and sharing and agreeing and, and um, giving their feedback on this. Um, I think even more broadly, 
um, accepting or wanting technicians to do things than maybe I'm even comfortable with, which is which is a pleasant surprise. I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. Um, so it, it's been actually pretty over, overwhelmingly supportive. Good. That's good to hear. Um, and I know with the with the AIMVT letter, and then also, um, you know, we had a a letter too from NAVTA. Um, you know, they had kind of a, a pleasant surprise response as well. Um, you know, you talking about support from your DVM colleagues. Anything in motion you're you're aware of that's you know like getting discussions back at the table or maybe reopening that slam slam door. Well, I have I have two comments. So one, you know, I think people assume that I hate NAVTA and don't like them, whatever, because I, I, <laughs> I do I do try to hold the associations I'm active in accountable. But I'm really, really proud of NAVTA for standing up for this, for the uh, Arkansas bill when that was initially being proposed. Um, I think NAVTA has has done a great job in, in responding, uh, to these letters. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you guys get the fountain report. Mm-hmm. I do um, get that. Yeah. Um, I felt like they mischaracterized NAFTA's response, uh, so to the too. AVMA. They're like, NAFTA agrees, which no, NAFTA was being diplomatic and supportive of the things that they did agree on, but still was like, Hey, AVMA, here's some action items, get on it. So I'm actually really proud of NAFTA. I think the leadership now has, um, really embraced uh, the voice that that technicians want to have within this industry. So uh, proud, proud of them for standing up now. Yeah. And when it's great to get support from, you know, the, the people that, excuse me, have a hand in making those decisions and making those changes uh, for yeah. us. So that, that that's great. So let's um, let's pivot to remedy uh, remedy veterinary specialists. The photos look amazing. Uh, I, I am, I am such a hospital nerd. I love like brand new hospitals, like everything <laughs> is shiny. All the counters are perfect. Everything is, is in its place. So, so talk to us about remedy. What, what prompted you guys to, uh, to start this? Um, I guess I'll take that one. So, uh, I guess a lack of boundaries and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I have worked on my own and had my own kind of consulting mobile uh, company since, gosh, 2015, I think. And, you know, I I gradually went from doing locum all over the country to kind of doing more locum stuff. And then that little um, pandemic thing happened. So all of that, (laughs) that moving around just didn't happen anymore. And I was at this hospital where Stephen and I actually worked together and we were both pretty happy there. Um, it was, you know, locally owned, the owners were nice, you know, they were approachable, no hospital is perfect, but, um, and it was sold, you know, as, as they do. And I don't begrudge those owners that at all, but you know, the vibe changed pretty quick. And, uh, one of the things that bothered me the most was how much they took from the staff. Uh, you know, PTO was changing, you know, overtime was getting locked down, but they weren't hiring. So what we were supposed to do, you know, it just... I mean, we, many of us have been through those buyouts and they sort of know how it goes. And so I just, it was disgusting to me and I kind of decided that, okay, well, maybe I should try to really do this. And so we started looking for spaces and we live in California where we love rules um, mm-hmm. and laws and zoning <laughs> laws. And so it took us two and a half years to find oh, a wow. space, okay. um, which was a lot of time though, which is good to to think about it and really like talk about how we wanted it to happen and what was going to happen. Um, and kind of out of luck, we found a space four blocks from my house, which is great. Um, <laughs> and it was a beautiful space and it was just enough room. And so, uh, Remedy was born. Awesome. Um, so the, let's talk about the medicine you guys are going to be doing there. So I saw in your post, um, a lot of, of course, neurology, neurosurgery, but, um, sounded like there was going to be a little bit of a rehab focus, which of course, a lot of these patients need that level of care. And then also I saw some like cannabinoid medicine. So I'm, I'm very curious, obviously, again, we're in California, um, but I'm very curious about that. If you kind of have some of that roadmap laid out. Yeah. So, uh, we're lucky. I think you're all familiar with, uh, Sandy Gregory, VTS and mm-hmm. rehab. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be starting second week of September and she's going to be the head of our rehab. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. 
Yeah, because I, you know, as much as I pretend to know rehab, like I'm, I am nowhere near. My, well, my thought was stuff. you were just going to go for more letters and get your VTS. No, no. <laughs> I do think we need to stop Stephen for getting more letters. We need to like maybe sign a petition of something. I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to. Do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's really exciting, and I think that speaks to like Carrie's understanding of how to to collaborate. Uh, I'll, I'll steal Kelly's word. Uh, mm-hmm. Collaborate mm-hmm. with technicians especially we like like uh, that now yeah um and uh the the cannabinoid medicine part um is i think really out of necessity and certainly locale i mean we are in san francisco let's be honest um and and we're not only going to offer cannabinoid medicine consults to pet owners but there's just this dearth of information and lack of education on cannabinoid medicine with within veterinary professionals or for veterinary professionals. So we want to extend not only our, our services to clients and animals, but also fellow veterinary professionals uh, when it comes to cannabinoid medicine, when it comes to pain medicine, and then certainly neurology. Uh, Dr. Jenny does a lot of, of education for uh, colleagues um, all around the country. So we're going to offer that as well. Um, and then the just kind of going back to the pain service a little bit, um, definitely, you know, I'm a, a science guy, so we are going to have evidence-based medicine there, but you know, me, I'm, I'm also interested in kind of integrative techniques. I'm not going to do alternative and do kind of voodoo stuff, but, uh, where there are supplements and there's good evidence for kind of plant medicine supplement, that type of thing, that's definitely something we're going to, to utilize, uh, for, a a I I want to say holistic, but I don't want to say holistic in the sense of like. I think integrative is the right word. Integrative, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. Holistic, I like, to like the science, whole. Science yeah. Blue. You know, we yeah. just, so, uh, <laughs> that's something we use at NAMBI, science based woo. Um, and so, like, you know, I, the, the concept was I, I don't, I don't want to start another emergency specialty grab bag of whatever specialist we can hire that week practice. Like, right. that's not what we are. I wanted to be focused. I wanted to be real to who, what we enjoy. And so, and, you know, with Stephen on board, Pain control was obvious. You know, I'm thrilled to death to never have to talk about CBD ever again. Because um, I, I mean, a part of how Stephen and I became friends is I was, as a neurologist, like really having to learn it. And I was like, oh, God, well, there's that guy right there. Let's talk to him about it. <laughs> um, and people kept asking me questions. And I was like, well, don't ask, ask him, man. I don't know. And so I wanted to have kind of a sports medicine clinic that was really focused on people who want to take excellent care of their yeah. dogs, right? You know, you bought the Blue Merle Frenchie and we're going to do our best, uh, <laughs> but it's going to take a lot of people to get there. Okay. Um, I love his outfit. We're going to put him on Instagram. That is our practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're forward thinking, but also I think really grounded, you know, that's, that's where we want to sit. I love it. And I think in that area, you guys are going to have a clientele that, that is going to be seeking that level of, of all of that, frankly, um, a little bit of the integrative side. Um, and yeah, I, I can I, I can see that being a complete success. Um, Stephen, I'm curious, you know, you, if I'm not mistaken, I think are still full time and laboratory medicine and you're you're going to be cvno chief veterinary nursing officer i think i got that right like i'm curious what that's going to look like for you well uh it's been or 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 undetermined as of yet it's not going to go steven it's it's been what three or four weeks so far so i i have an excellent boss um and and colleague dr danny lopez and dr taren moore at stanford university you know they're very much of the mindset of you do your work and you do it really well. And then you go home. Like you don't need to sit here and scratch your butt for six hours when you're done with your work. So I'm doing kind of hybrid. I go in, do the stuff I need to do in the lab. um, And then I head on up to Remedy. I'm available to the lab any time of day, essentially, um, and do my remote work uh, when I get home. Uh, And then I have a full day uh, at Remedy on Thursdays, and then uh, kind of do half days on on the other days. And and we too are kind of of the get your stuff done and do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And we also believe in telemedicine, you know, and a, and a lot of what 
especially within Steve and I's collaboration, we do, you know, I do telemedicine rechecks and, you know, it's, it's a way to kind of use people's brains, you know, if they can't necessarily be sitting in a clinic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, are there other clinics like this? This is not something that I, I mean, I'm from the Northeast and now live in the South and, and we've got like, you know, uh, NC State where I'm at, but not really anything really dedicated to what you're doing. Is is this unique to, or am I just naive um, about what's going on in California? <laughs> on the on the West Coast, I'm not super familiar. Like I haven't looked super hard. What? That's not true. Um, I've looked super hard compared to like other non crazy people like me. But um... <laughs> is that what we're doing with not crazy? <laughs> but I I haven't been able to find like a pain neurology clinic. I know there's some on the East Coast. Um, but I, no, I, I haven't necessarily seen this, this kind of model before. Mm. And I'll brag on us. I don't know of one that uses technicians at the level that certainly we that. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and that's, that's really dumb of them and lucky for us. Cause we'll just grab everybody. So. And- <laughs> so, well, and, and just thinking of the, the fact that you're kind of a unique business model, you're a unique way of practicing medicine. How has that been received by the uh, like the veterinarians in your area? I think so far well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we've been open for three whole weeks, so I don't know that we have the breadth of that opinion yet. Sure, sure. Um, I've been practicing in the Bay Area for more than a decade, and so I'm I'm a pretty known entity here, and um, I, I think well liked. I hope we'll just we'll just go with that. And uh, you know, I think the other thing that people are really missing, especially after the pandemic, where everybody just got beat down, is you know. A lot of the other neurologists around, uh, and and they're great doctors. They're friends of mine. This is not a trash on them. They work in these big, huge, mega ER, 45 doctor, God knows how many staff practices. And like, you can't get them on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a general practitioner with a question, nobody's coming to the phone. You know, the person answering the phone is probably three states away, you know, and it's yeah. just... I think we're missing a little bit of that personal touch. And I, you know, I try to call my referring bats. I, I introduce them to Steven. We, I believe deeply that like, we are here to educate our community. We're in service to our community. And um, we, when they have questions, I'm happy to answer it. If they disagree with my medicine, like, cool. I mean, I'm an old <laughs> enough doctor that I know that happens. And like, there are plenty of other ones if you want to go find them. But, you know, I, I think, that people so far have been pretty excited. Um, yeah. I, I mean, for me personally, getting back to talking to clients and working with like client-owned animals again has been so incredibly refreshing for me. You really? know, it just reminds me, I'm like, why is everyone client bashing online? I don't get <laughs> it because I'm having a great time and like I'm having conversations with these clients, you know, they're crying in the room. They're like, Oh my God, you know, I haven't been able to sleep They're I'm in email contact with them pretty regularly. So it's, it's really fun. And I love, I love building that relationship um, with, with the clients again, especially because I've been out of client facing medicine for such a, a long period of time, you know, sure. I was going into practices and helping with their anesthesia and stuff like that, but it's different when they're kind of, your patients or our patients within the, the hospital setting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, why don't we take our little break here? Uh, we'll we'll do our do our ad, and we'll be right back after the break. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. Caffeinators at the Vet Tech Cafe, you know we like to focus on mental health. If you're struggling with depression burnout, compassion fatigue, or any of the other mental health challenges we discuss on our podcast, getting professional help is a great first step. We all need help with things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, which empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major mental health challenges. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Dave, I've used BetterHelp. Um, I had really good success with it. I really liked that it was entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They really make it easy for you to get the help you need. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe.com 
today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash VetTechCafe. It's time to invest in yourself. Be well, caffeinators. Welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, everybody, where we hope that your Mondays are short and your coffee is strong. Um, so, guys, we we just had our ad for BetterHelp, and, and Dr. Journey, this is probably something that you're, is going to be right in your wheelhouse. How do you guys handle your own mental health? We've um, talked to Stephen a lot about this, so I mean, let's get your take on it. I'm curious to hear his answers. No, I, I mean, you know, clearly that's a topic that I think a lot about as the president of NAMBI. I I believe in a multi-tiered uh, approach to your mental health and well-being because, you know, if you if you hang it all on one thing and that thing is not available anymore, then your house of cards comes down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be a long-distance runner. It was a big way I handled stress. Uh, I blew my ankle so impressively uh, that the doctor kind of, like, intake of gasp when they saw the MRI. So, <laughs> you know, distance running is probably not in the cards for me anytime soon, Um, so it was important to have other aspects, right? So I'm an artist. Um, I believe that you need a life outside of work. It's very important to me to have a life outside of work. I'm headed to Burning Man on Friday, uh, where our art is being displayed. Uh, I, you know, I do exercise. I go to therapy. I have a great, you know, health team there. Um, I do a lot of expressive writing. It's a lot of what I do in Nambi is like talk about my struggles with people who get it. Um, and I, of course, volunteer. high level and and that's how i balance my mental health um takes a lot of work i'm pretty crazy but you know it's working so far steven how do you balance your mental health um i do cannabis consoles for myself every single day (laughs) 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 and 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 honestly like uh i have people in my life like carrie that remind me uh to go home and to not work um, getting married also seemed to really help with that. Uh, getting married has probably been one of the best things for my mental health so far. Like it's, it's, that feels really mushy for Steven. But, um, you know, he, he makes me want to go home and cook. I love cooking and cook him dinner and love him. Um, so I think that's been really great. Um, and then within the practice, it's, it's, you know, I've worked with Carrie for a while now, but it's, it's funny to see in practice a staff member, uh, needing to go to a doctor's appointment or not feeling well and not having that guilt placed upon them. So that's so refreshing to be in a practice where, where that guilt or that, that angst that I think some mm-hmm. hospitals but on staff um is it, it, it's just not there uh so that's that's really refreshing and great and um you know certainly for the mental health of of the staff we're super supportive in whatever they want to do uh you know Carrie mentioned Evelyn that's been with her since what 2009 mm-hmm. um you know she's going through sonography training uh just Picking up new skills and, and keeping the, the mind malleable uh, is, I think, also very helpful for making sure we don't burn out within our careers. Awesome. We have, we have a lot of intentionality behind our interactions with our team. I was fortunate enough to read a, a lot of great books on management. And one in particular that stuck with me was one called Radical Candor um, mm. that talked about breaking hierarchies, that hierarchies exist naturally in spaces. Um, and reinforcing them only hurts your ability to communicate and give feedback to each other. And so within our team, we work, we had that meeting, we, the, the team named it the feelings meeting, which I love uh, <laughs> on the calendar is the feelings meeting, but we have a meeting every week where we just talk about stuff that's going wrong. And it's a no blame meeting. It's like a, Hey guys, people keep leaving the door open. Like, don't do that. We're in downtown San Francisco. <laughs> like, you know, like. You know, or, hey, I've noticed, like, you know, the autoclave is cycling weird. And, or, hey, you know, these messages aren't getting handled like I want. And it's, it's, a, it's a meeting so we can all talk to each other and fix things together. And, and it just opens a conversation up about, you know, like, nobody's perfect. We're all in this together and we're a team. And then, you know, to your point about if you need to go home, go home. I, that was something Evelyn said to me. 
you know, I think in a moment of desperate gratitude, I was like, Evie, I don't know why you stay with me, but bless you. <laughs> you know? And because she's followed me to three, four different hospitals. And uh, she said, will you let me be a mom? And I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, you never give me a dirty look. Like today we were in surgery and she had her kid on the phone and he was being a teenage boy, you know, and like Evelyn can clean an OR, run brain anesthesia. And like, I don't like do the books for her father's business all at the same time with better skill than anyone. I know I don't care if she's on the phone for five minutes with her kid. Like, you know, she's got to drop him off something at school. She's going to be 10 minutes late. Cool. I get Evelyn for the other, you know, seven hours and 50 minutes. Like, great. And I think, you know, when we treat our coworkers as adults who have lives, we encourage them to have lives. Um, and that's what everybody needs to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned in there the the talking about that book, the hierarchy, and uh, you know I, I well Dave and I and and Stephen too, like we all do. We we come from a period in time where it was a major faux pas to refer to the doctor by their first name. I still approaching thirty years in this field cannot do it. Um, unless say, call me Carrie, but I don't what, <laughs> occasionally, like if it's somebody I know outside of work and we're outside of work, I I can do it. But that's like one or two veterinarians I've known a long time. I just for whatever reason, I, I just can't. But I don't I don't necessarily think of it as them being above me. It's It's kind of like a mental cue for me to just remind myself that they're the doctor and, you know, that whatever the case may be. But I, I'm curious, like. I feel like that's changing and I'm the old dinosaur that needs to go away with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like in your clinic, like how, how does that go? Uh, I think in front of clients, they still call me Dr. Journey. Other than okay. that, it's, Hey bitch. Uh, pardon me. So I don't know. What do you call me at work? I think you call me Carrie. I call you Carrie. Yeah. You okay. Carrie. Um, yeah. I mean, we're a very irreverent and informal clinic. So, um, you know, all sorts of inappropriate, hilarious things happen behind the scenes. I, I think for me, I don't, I don't enforce that with staff. Um, I, I do appreciate that, you know, getting a doctor was a whole thing that I did. I think women in particular do have a problem with people not referring to them as doctors. So I appreciate Jeff, your, your thoughtfulness around it in general. Um, but you know, once again, Medicine has a natural hierarchy, and there are lots of studies to show that enforcing it not only harms, you know, the team, but it also harms the patients. You know, if my doctor's assistant sees that there's something wrong and doesn't tell me and that patient is harmed by that, my God, does my ego really need to be stroked that hard that I can't have someone tell me that I did something wrong? Thank God my team tells me I I do things wrong because like... (laughs) We more brains, more eyes. Like we take better care of our patients. Yeah, for sure. And I need them to be comfortable to be like, "Hey, you, you wrote the wrong dose down. You're a dummy. Do it again." You know, like, and I'm 100 for that. Well, and I think a lot of that is about mutual respect, right? It, it's like you have respect for Stephen; he has respect for you. And I think sometimes, Jeff, what, what you're referring to is is that's how if if I'm introduced to someone as this is Doctor So and So. I'm going to refer to them as Dr. So-and-so, but Dr. Journey, I see I'm doing it right now. If you, <laughs> if you were to introduce yourself as Carrie, I would probably call you Carrie because that's how you introduce yourself and that's how you want to be referred to. So um, obviously in front of clients, I, would, I wouldn't use your first name. I would, I would revert back to the, the old man in me and, and use your doctor title. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of that is, you know, Jeff, we talk about some of the older doctors getting out of the profession and that's what's going to lead <laughs> into more respect and more uh, yeah, support maybe. from, from, from the doctors for the, for our, our, our profession as veterinary technicians. So I, I think at some point that, that will become more the norm, I think. And so, yes, you are an old dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, what's, yeah. what's kind of funny is in the rooms, I, I certainly, uh, refer to, to Carrie as Dr. Journey in the rooms when I'm talking to clients. Um, if she comes up, 
and maybe this 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 is dating me. Uh, you remember the the mom on Mean Girls? She's like, I'm the cool mom. I'm the cool mom. I'm like, <laughs> mom. I want some drinks. I can put a little alcohol in there. I'd rather I do it here. <laughs> I I I kind of feel like, well, I'm the cool guy because you can call me Steven and you have to call me Doctor. Uh, <laughs> I, that that always goes through my head uh, whenever I'm talking to clients. Like, don't worry, I'm the cool one. It's all right. I mean, even though Carrie's totally cool, it's mm-hmm. fine. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to start calling you the cool mom. It's, it's validating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, talking, getting back to remedy for a moment, you, you know, talking about just the way you were going to treat your staff and, and what have you, and, and you were going to, you know, steal up all the good texts because they were going to be treated better. And I'm just curious, like how you envision the role or collaboration or empowerment of your, your RBTs or your VTSs. Like, I mean, obviously we know it's, it's decently defined in California compared to other States, what we can and can't do. And, and, and how do you approach that? Like what kind of, yeah. Steven runs a service, right? Like, of course, because of laws and I think it's rational to, to converse about these things. Like I, also, I find I form the VCPR on our pain service, but I mean, Stephen and I talk about it and like, I trust Stephen's opinion. He's much more well read and published than I am. And so, you know, so I have some thoughts that he does listen to um, on occasion and, uh, you know, he runs the service though, you know, and, and the cannabis service, you know, that doesn't require a VCPR. So he runs that service. Uh, Sandy is going to run our rehab service. That's her service. Now, once again, we need to, you know, BCPR and like, especially for neuropatients, I'm going to have some thoughts and sure. I would hope that collaboratively we would, you know, work on those cases together. But, you know, I, I don't have a certificate in rehab. So, you know, like I'm not educated in this. I, I've I've been around it. So I have some questions, thoughts. I, I have some needs, you know, like I need this patient to work on this particular thing, you know, so it's a collaborative thing. Um, and I want my, pardon me, that's my dog. (laughs) I can't be everything and do everything. I don't want to, I want to do not work things. And and I want the people I work with to be excited and energized about the thing they're passionate about, you know? And so I want them to have ownership. I want them to be invested. I want them to, to feel like, you know, it's not, oh, I work for Carrie. That's my job. Like I, I am a part of this team is, is how, what I want them to feel like, right. That we are all in this together. And, you know, not only is that better for the patients having different specialists collaboratively working on the same patient, yeah. but let's be real, like economically, that's financially much better for the practice also. It does not sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. So- it's especially, you know, myself. BTS and research anesthesia, like, I love all the anesthesiologists I know, but we don't need to hire an anesthesiologist to help with pain or anesthesia. That's a huge, huge, huge salary. I mean, I'm compensated well, but that's a larger salary that you would have to pay uh, an employee compared to just collaborate, collaborating, utilizing uh, your BTS and even your just highly trained RVTs and vet assistants really well and effectively. Well, I, I think that's definitely going to help, help you out because, you know, you've got, you've got all, all the, the letters and all the knowledge and, you know, being able to utilize the right people in the right spots, I, I think is what's going to yeah. propel it forward. And, and also that's going to, that's, I mean, you guys are amazing. So it's, it, that's got to be a place that people are going to want to go to work. You know, you, you, you guys are the, are the draw, not necessarily the medicine you're, you're doing, but you guys are probably the, the thing I want to go work for those two because we, we, we have had a lot of luck in this time of yeah. shortage with hiring. Um, <laughs> we have not placed a single job ad and we get a lot of applications. That's amazing. Very yeah. gratifying. I mean, I wish yeah. I could hire everybody. Um, we, we need to, you know, do that in a sane way. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope I, I, I was showing uh, my new website, the new website to one of my veterinarian colleagues. And she was like, how do you have that many RVTs? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well, I 
we pay them very well, and we let them do things. Uh, it is an amazing, amazing formula. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. yeah, and it's not just the pay; it's it's the fact that they are going to be respected and treated right, and mm-hmm. allowed to yeah. do do things, do all the skills that they have. Yeah, uh, I mean that you probably and live ha- a life. You probably and never have to play a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dr. Jordy, let's let's pivot and talk a little bit about uh, NomV. What wh- I'm curious, what led to you creating that? I, I don't want to touch on a touchy subject, but was there no, somebody no, that no. that happened that? So, uh, amusingly, I didn't create it. I get credit for it all the oh. time. My friend Nicole created it. Okay. Um, Nicole is a second generation veterinarian uh, and married to a veterinarian. And she struggled a lot with her mental health and with, had in fact left the field and was just coming back to it to protect her mental health. Uh, and Sophia Yen died by suicide. Oh, yes. Okay. And uh, in the kind of aftermath of that. And Sophia lived in Northern California. So this is a hometown hero, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole was talking with some other veterinarians, actually another local veterinary neurologist. And you know, somebody asked, why are veterinarians at increased risk for suicide? And all of the veterinarians on that group text just started talking about why veterinary medicine is hard. And Nicole, who's a second generation veterinarian married to a veterinarian, said that was the first time in her life she didn't think she was bad at her job, that she wasn't a failure, that, you know, it wasn't because she wasn't strong enough. She just realized that like lots of people think it's hard. Um, And um, she just went on Facebook and started a little group to Talked to her vet school classmates who invited their friends. I was invited the second day by my resident mate. And now we serve 35,000 veterinary professionals across the globe. That's amazing. I joined as the second. I was the, the second non volunteer. I was, I was the first volunteer after Nicole because a friend of mine was in a bad place. She was going through a nasty divorce. She was a surgeon. And um, we worked together at a hospital that did not support wellness. Um, and she called me into the OR one day because her, the patient was dying. And like, when you call a neurologist into your thoracotomy, like things are not going well. Uh, and so, but I was the only other person who knew how to put gloves on. So like we're in, right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every neuron in my brain was focused on the dying, young, adorable golden retriever in front of me the criticalist was playing syringe pumps like a goddamn symphony orchestra. Like it was going bad. And I will never forget. And this is where I get teary. Uh, my friend's hands just stopped. They were like sitting over the heart and they just stopped. And she looked at me and she said, Carrie, this dog dies. I'm quitting my job. I'm going home and I'm going to kill myself. And I didn't know what to do. You know, like I had been working in veterinary emergency medicine since I was 17, but uh, this is a personal emergency and oh no. And uh, you know, that dog did die. And we went upstairs and we pulled her employee file and we called her emergency contact. You should have emergency contacts for your coworkers, by the way. Um, And you never know why you're going to use them. And uh, it was her sister that I talked to and we were able to get my friend back with her therapist. Her family was very supportive and I'm, I'm very pleased to say that she's doing much better now. Right. But that was the moment where I was like, this is not just compassion fatigue articles that I flipped past in JAVMA, right? Like this is my friends. Mm -hmm. Three of my vet school classmates have died by suicide, three. And uh, so it it became a passion project of mine. And and in that I discovered that my well-being was also really bad and I needed to take care of myself. So, so yeah. Yeah. And and just the, you know, we, we, we talk about mental health a lot on this podcast and you know every every now and then it pops up where somebody that like it's not necessarily people that we know but people that have worked at places we've been at or people that work with people that we know that slowly but surely it creeps into your circle and that's one of the reasons why we're so focused on mental health and on this podcast yeah. Oof. And I was talking to Tracy Whitty, who's done a lot of the research around suicidality in the profession. And, and she said, you know, part of the, the issue in veterinary medicine is that you guys are a small profession and you're all so close. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. a psychiatrist. And she said, you know, there's probably a psychiatrist who has died by suicide this week and I don't know who they are. But you guys know every yeah. tech, CSR, veterinary, like, you know in five minutes and there is something called suicide contagion. So it, it, it is actually a problem. Um, I love that we're so close knit, but you know, you, you can't meet anyone in the profession. You can't name somebody. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's true. 
It's true. Um, and so where from, from kind of that start, where does NOMV support staff come from? Like what finally led to like all good ideas, several technicians impetus. beat a doctor about the head and chest <laughs> until <laughs> like... said, Hey, you have this thing. We need it too. Yeah. Like, Hey, you, one of them was Liz. Another one was Tasha Zerberman. And she was just like, Hey, what is, um, where is this? You don't, you like us? Like yeah. what the hell, man? And I was like, guys, I am at 4,000% capacity. If you want to do it, I support you. Yeah. And then actually one of those ladies uh, found herself in between jobs and she's like, well, now I have time. And um, I will say with, with complete honesty that the support staff side of the support forums runs way better than the veterinary side. Um, they actually like adhere to rules and like follow schedules and stuff where the doctor side is chaos uh, all day long, uh, unsupervised. So yeah, they do an awesome job. Awesome. Well, um, we're kind of approaching our, our hour and I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. So we'll start to wrap. But one other question I thought of, and I'm just going to pivot back to a remedy for a moment, like long term, five years, 10 years, like what do you guys see happening there? I know you already said you don't want to be one of those canned services. It's canned hospitals. It's, you know, dial a specialist. But um, what do you guys see down the road? Three weeks in. We're already being uh, challenged to buy the the next building, so <laughs> I just want to catch our breath. It's not going to be that way. I mean, I think we have several kind of medium term projects on the list. Um, Stephen and I, you know, we do these podcast things occasionally. We thought we should maybe kind of take our love of educating and kind of put that into something. So that that will come soon, hopefully. And, and we're going to start as just Facebook Live. So. On Thursdays, shameless plug, nice. uh, yeah. follow our page, and we'll be doing Heck yeah. like rounds, you know, just very casual. Like, let's talk about a case we saw this week. Um, we also, in the medium term, would love to have a you know online CE. I think one of the great mm. things we learned in the pandemic is you don't have to go to a conference and pay seventeen dollars for uh, Chipotle to get <laughs> CE, right? Like, you can, yeah go ahead and sit down, you know, with dinner in your PJs and learn stuff and probably learn it better. And so, you know, Steve and I, we both lecture a lot. And so I think that will be kind of the next stage, but just, it is so important to me, you know, aside from those projects that we keep the culture that's so great right now, Yeah, you know, whatever direction we grow, I think I know how it's going to be, but I I almost don't care as long as the culture is still good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like in all the people we talk to, that's one of the overarching themes that that either runs people out of this profession altogether or from clinic to clinic. It's it's the culture. It's it's the hospital culture. And when you get in a good one, people don't leave. Well, and al- but, also thinking about like the financial part of it, money's going to bring them in the door, but the culture is going to keep them there. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and as you alluded to earlier too, Carrie, I, I did it. I did it. I said Carrie. Good job, Jeff. Good job. Um, you know, <laughs> um, you know, the hospital you were at previously that was bought. My wife is an emergency veterinarian, and and she signed a contract at the hospital where I met her at many years ago. And a couple weeks later, it came out that they were being sold to a corporation. And so, a lot of people that have been there for a number of years are moving on or have moved on. It's just. It's it's the same building. It's the same stuff. It's the it's and it's actually largely a lot of the same people, but the people that aren't in the building, that's the only emergency practice this corporation owns. They have no idea what is up from down, and it's 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 sad to watch. I worked there for twelve years and and know what a great clinic it was, and it's it's really difficult. And I, I think that's why you know the culture, like you said, is is has been something for me that has like been a focus because it's just it, it, you 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 truly cannot function at your peak without it mm-hmm. we yeah. we our most recent hire uh without her previous job for 20 years before it's yeah over. wow okay yeah yeah and those I are those are the people I, you yeah. want like i mean that's obviously yeah. a clearly a loyal employee <laughs> Right, right. I mean, right. Those are the people you want to that you want to invest in. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Is there anything about any of this tonight 
Stephen, your article, um, Remedy or NOMV that we didn't touch on that you want to get out to our listeners? I mean, I just want to say, like Carrie was an example of today, um, we need vets to be vocal about protecting us, helping us advance in our careers. Like the likes and the we support you on my Facebook posts are fantastic and thank you. But write a letter to AVMA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Write a letter to your VMA. Uh, we need we need we need doctors to yeah. help us, um, especially the ones that really understand um, how to collaborate and utilize us appropriately to to really stand up for us and and be loud about it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So is there a person or people that we should put in your seat for a a future episode or just a topic that we should talk about? Mm. I don't know. Find, find another Stephen and Carrie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Spread the word. I don't don't know if they exist. I don't think so. I don't think so. We we want them (laughs) for sure. I mean, I, I can always say Liz Houston because she always has we love fantastic Liz. things. But, you know, she's also been on here like a dozen times. So that's uh, fine. What? <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I think it's, has it, has it been three or four times? It's, David, this is your third time. So you're catching up to her. Yeah. 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 And spoiler alert, our anniversary is coming up again, which means she's going to be gonna on be again. again. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. She's your very yeah. first one. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So, yeah. Nice. All right. So All now right. we are down to your Vet Tech Cafe. Would you rather question? Are you ready for it? Fire away. So you need to tell me, do you want question one, two, or three? I'm feeling three. You're feeling three. three. All right. Would you rather have the ability to teleport or time travel? Oh. Teleport, 100%. Why is that? I am... I have ADHD, and so (laughs) being being late is a real problem. Um, And and I hate driving, so teleporting sounds like a dream. Um, I also kind of live my life on a no-regrets uh mm-hmm. policy yeah. you know you're, we have a growth mindset uh, and so i say that you know, too yeah because because everything that has been in my history has led me to where i am so exactly I'm, so and but you, you know could there travel are lots to the of sci-fi future. books about why you shouldn't change the past and i think we should listen to those too well so. you could travel that's, to the future though it's true i mean that didn't go so well in back to the future though that's so true. i'm not mm-hmm. sure i'm not mm-hmm. sure it, i'm really dating myself it's, by that. it's, okay. it's probably safe to, to say we should do just the teleport Steven's uh, going to say time change. Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask if I'm allowed to change something in history, but then I uh, feel social pressure now. So I'm going to say title part <laughs> also. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I think teleport would be. That would be I mean, we cool. could really mm-hmm. open a can of worms and ask you what you would change. Oh, my God. Yeah. What would you change? We don't have enough time for that. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I would be a really cool teleporting. Well. Time traveling, that's dark. That's weird. I was going to say assassin. Um, but I think it's I necessary. think it's accurate, though. Uh, you know. So, whatever. That's right. What about you, Jeff? What would you do? You, well, you know, as you guys were answering, I think I might have figured this out. But initially, I was going to ask the question, what's the difference between time travel and teleportation? I kind of thought they were the same thing. No, so I'm going so, to just put that out so there. Teleporting, teleporting is just going somewhere else at the right. same time. Like, you'd, oh. you'd be here in, in a second. Well, then. Oh, yeah, no, I would totally rather time travel. Why is that? What would you change? What are you going to change? I don't know that I would change. I would just like to go see other things that like I would love to see how the how the world looked in like 1900 or, you know, like I would love to just go. Yes, I would just love to go back and see things. You would would go back to Taylor Swift's first concert. That's what you would do. I would I would actually try to attend her high school and date her. (laughs) And and maybe not and and maybe not be a song she writes about, except with a happy ending. Yeah, Yeah, but if you did that. You might then nobody, change. I know. You might change the course of her career. We wouldn't have and, all this money. And I probably would have saved a couple thousand dollars on concert tickets a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so it all works out in the end. <laughs> well, you could have just teleported yourself into the. Gosh, you're right. Okay. Wow. I could have teleported myself into like every concert. This is the most complex the would you cra- rather oh, question we've had. Oh wow! I I did <laughs> not Players, see man. that going this Players. way. <laughs> 
Well, um, thank you so much, A, A, both of you guys, for for coming and taking some time out to talk to us about this awesome new venture you have going in Remedy um, and also so many other important topics. We really, really appreciate the time. I know you guys are stretched thin with everything you have going on and coming out on a Tuesday night at six o'clock local is is not what you have. Wednesday night, goodness. I was like, what day is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I really, really appreciate the time. Um, Thank you very much. I I know a lot of people are going to be so stoked to hear this episode. Thank you guys for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Caffeinators, you guys take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Hello, Caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website, www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.